Well, we're just going to kind of start off by sharing a little bit of our stories. Um, so we're going to dive pretty straight in. So hopefully y'all are ready. But um, but Lawrence, where's this is like mostly a conversation. So I'm just going to ask Lawrence, what did it look like? Like what what has your story? How in your story has God's God's design for sexuality been good news to you? Yeah. Um, so as I, I told you guys, I grew up in the Netherlands um, and uh, my parents are immigrated from Indonesia to the Netherlands. So that's why I have the Asian outlook in that sense, and but very Dutch from the inside. Um, but uh, part of my story was, I think that our family is just like having to wrestle with a belonging. And I think that was one of the reasons that I as a teenager started to look outside of myself to find belonging. And especially I think with other men. Uh, and as a young teenager, I got confronted with uh, homosexual feelings and uh, I grew up Christian. I got to know Jesus very early uh, when I was about 12. And I think my whole teenage year was kind of like wrestling to like, what is, how do I relate towards my own sexuality uh, and towards God. And I was, yeah, I was really struggling with that. And um, I think I was 17 when I came out uh, to my counselor during that time, when uh, to my parents, my family, my friends, some of my friends. And I think one of the things that I had towards God is like, God, I, I thought you would bring me into this place where I, you would get rid of this. Um, and I tried to but I want to follow you. So I give my sexuality to you. Um, but my condition was as long as if your truth is set, if your truth will set me free, John 8, 32, then I want to experience that your truth on sexuality makes me free. And um, I think one of the problems that I was facing, and I think a lot of us facing is that our our culture is saying, our, yeah, my culture said one thing of kind of like, oh, just be true to yourself. Uh, sexuality is your right. You, it's also required to be happy. So just follow your heart. Um, and then there was this biblical narrative, or sorry, the, the church narrative that just didn't know how to talk on sexuality and just said, you don't have sex before marriage. Um, homosexuals for me, like, are an abomination to God and he hates them. And so there was this kind of like, well, what is, there was his church narrative and there, there was not good news at all to me. And then there was this cultural narrative and I really had to discover this biblical narrative. And, um, and I think the biblical narrative to me came that um, primarily in the Ephesians 5, where God is talking about men and women. And then Ephesians 5, 32, where he says, this is a great mystery how men and women, this love between a husband and a wife, but I'm talking about Christ in the church. And in the context of that passage, one of the things that I saw is that uh, the biblical narrative of sexuality is that sexuality is meant to express self-sacrificial love, how Jesus gave himself uh, to us, the church. Um, and I saw in our cultural narrative, but also I think in the church narrative, a different kind of ways like that sexuality is meant for your own fulfillment. It's self-centered. And I saw like that God's purpose on sexuality is actually self-sacrificial, giving yourself away to the other person. And um, 
but and that the sex between man and a woman was actually a, a proclamation of Christ in the church. And so I just started realizing that the, even the physical sexuality between man and a woman, where the man comes to the woman and she has to open up herself and let him come into her and he comes into her and then give life to her, that is exactly a picture of how Jesus comes towards us and that we have to open up our hearts and that Jesus comes into us and give life to us. And I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? Is that what sexuality is about? Is it that beautiful? Is it that holy? Is it that proclaiming the gospel? So I came to a point where I'm like, wow, this is a beautiful picture. And it's meant to proclaim God and proclaim his gospel to me. And I want to surrender to that. So I think part of like what the good news for me was and the freedom, I think, of the truth was that it was not to suppress my sexuality. It was not to having to change my sexuality, but then as a, uh, is really to surrender it and say, God, this is, this is something that you own and I want to live according to your purposes. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the question after that came like, okay, well, what does it mean then to be a single person uh, and that you can express that same self-sacrificial love, maybe not in sexuality, but then giving yourself fully away to the community around you and the church that God has given us. And so I think that's kind of like a little bit of the, the main journey that I'm like, wow, this is really good news to me. And it has given me so much freedom to live, not for myself and my own fulfillment, but really to give myself fully like Jesus. And I think that's what is our sexuality is meant to express itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, how is how was that for you? You have probably a different story. I know you have a different story than I do. So yeah, I mean, I so I grew up kind of with that. Um, a lot of the probably the church just speaking into. I I wasn't I didn't actually really grow up in a home that where my parents were necessarily teaching me anything. But I just stumbled upon church camp with a friend when I was in like late middle school or something and then was like oh yeah jesus is kind of cool let's let's talk about that you know so um so we i think i think i heard a lot of things like like i had just i think church camp kind of for me was the place where it was like here's what you do and here's kind of what's expected of you when you're a christian and i heard about jesus and i knew i could have told you he died for my sins i could have told you all that stuff but i think um for me personally I think I had made, it was like this time where I was making all these commitments, like, God, I'm never going to do this. And I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do this. And like, so I'll like, I'll do this whole sexuality thing according to the way it looks like you want it done and all that stuff. Um, but I think when I hit, so when I was like a senior in high school, I kind of hit this point in my life where I was like, I just don't, I don't know, like maybe like like, is this really real? Is this like, and I was just kind of having a lot of questions about my relationship with, not about my relationship with God, but probably more about who God is. Hmm. Um, and, and like, does he really require all of this of us, whatever. So I kind of, for a little bit, just kind of put, put my Bible on the shelf for a little bit. And um, did, I, I would say that the way I describe it is like, I feel like I just broke one by one all these things that I said I would never do. And so when I got to a point, when I got to college, I kind of stumbled upon, I was in a sorority and I kind of stumbled upon the navigators actually in my sorority. Like they had, a, there was a Bible study that was being led in it. 
So, um, so I kind of stumbled upon nav people. And I remember um, kind of then at this crossroads for me being like, all right, am I going to follow Jesus or am I not going to follow Jesus? Mm. And thinking um, at that point, thinking, yeah, I think I, I think I want to, but I don't know if you could really take me back after everything that I did. Mm. So just kind of feeling like there is this burden for me. And I would call it, I would honestly just call it a lot of shame that I felt like I was like, I had done so much that I felt like I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. I just kind of shame spiraled. And um, even to the point where after I had, after I, I feel like God kind of came into that and said, like, I remember I was reading Acts and we were studying Galatians. And I remember the combination for me was just this um, moment of feeling like, man, it has never been about anything that I've been doing in the first place. Like I, it's always been about Jesus and his death on the cross. And it's never been about me getting it all right. So like this whole idea that he couldn't take me back was just hmm. like, it just, it wasn't even in line with the fact that it wasn't about me and what I was doing anyways. Right. Like, um, and that just wasn't the truth of the gospel. So, and there were times even in my story where I remember like, even after that, acknowledging that he could take me back, just still feeling the weight of all of this, um, shame. And so, um, so I should probably mention some of that was in regard to sexuality, how I broke commitments to God. So, um, but I would say that, like, I remember sitting in my sorority house and my one roommate was actually a believer. Um, it's not like it was full of a bunch of people who knew the Lord, but, um, and were like choosing to walk with Jesus, but, but my roommate was, and I remember she came in one night and I was crying and she said something to me, like, she just was like, Danielle, and she was like, why are you crying? And I was like, oh, I'm just like crying about all the stuff that I've done in my past again. Like, it just is like so sad to me and like was just in tears about it. And I remember her being like, I just sometimes I wonder if you actually really believe that the blood of Christ is enough for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a like and honestly, when she said it, I was like, yeah, I don't I don't know if I sometimes do believe that he really covers he really covers me that that deeply and that well. So, um, so that was kind of a big, like my story with, honestly, I would say my story probably really revolves around this, like shame that I had Mm -hmm. in my, in my life, um, surrounding all those things. But I would say that, um, that also the, I think one of the like other really big pieces of good news is that even when there's been that kind of brokenness for us, that it's not it's not like our story's over. Like, it's not like God's like, oh, okay, well now I'm done with you. You know what I mean? But there's like, his grace is so sufficient for us that he, like this undeserved, this undeserved blessing that he wants to give us is just so much bigger than anything we've ever done. Yeah. So I think that's another big piece, but I also think obviously like going into like Lawrence and I talked before, I think about how it's kind of funny that like, we're the two, we're two single people. Like I, we're both single. And we're speaking to you on sexuality. Yeah, we talk about so, sex. <laughs> but there is this idea that even as Lawrence was talking, that there's this bigger picture. Um, and even in my story right now, that's a that's a big piece of my story right now is knowing that that I'm not because this bigger picture is kind of about the unity of the church with Christ. I'm not really missing out on anything. Hmm. Like because I get to experience 
intimacy with God in such a way that's so much bigger and deeper than what our culture says intimacy is. Um, or like the, like that, that our culture thinks the pinnacle of intimacy is, is right. maybe the bigger thing, because obviously there is goodness in the intimacy between a man and a woman, but there is also this idea that like in scripture, that it's, it, that's not, that's not the pinnacle of intimacy. Yeah. And I think even like that sex actually our sexuality, if that's really just kind of how I say it, it's a trailer to the movie. Mm -hmm. It's just, um, it's temporary as an actually an explanation of the gospel to us. But when the fullness of Christ and the church become, the unity has become one, then well, there's no sexuality anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't need, if the movie's out, you don't kind of watch the trailer anymore. Yeah. I think last time thing. we talked to you about how there's like, there's no sex in heaven. And like it says, there's not like men and women aren't given in marriage. They aren't married in heaven. And like, and like that is, that's wise because we're, we're there, we're in heaven and we're experiencing the fullness yes. of intimacy with God, the father, son, Holy spirit and the church united, and each other. And I think, incredible. and that was for me so important too, to think through is yeah. like, it's not only the unity with Christ that we can mm -hmm. experience fully, but it's also the unity with one another completely. So even like in the best marital sexual relationship uh that even the heavenly relationship between people will be even more fulfilled and that's that to me was been very encouraging yeah um so we've been talking now for what 12 12 minutes and so we wanted to give you to go into uh breakout rooms to kind of discuss a little bit of what we just talked about or what you has have heard and then uh, i think we're putting some questions here in the chat but i think what we were just kind of like, hey, can you talk a little bit about, hey, what has God been speaking to you in these last couple of minutes? And what is good news for you in what maybe you've heard or what you have understood on sexuality? And uh, do you see your own sexuality and your body and longings actually as a good thing, as a beautiful thing from God? Um, so uh, take it away. You guys can go into groups. And then after about 12 minutes, 10 to 12 minutes, we'll come back and then we'll have We'll, we'll talk a little bit further and a little bit more about, okay, what does that mean then, intimacy, uh, and how to pursue intimacy. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I think we have to make an acknowledgement, right, that we have a whole other group. It's true, we do. We're sorry, we're sorry to UNF that we gave you no shout outs. It's mostly just because I shared my football fact. Oh, they're putting actually their sound back on, I guess. Oh. We just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge yes. UNF. Do you hear us? Oh, he's bringing them back still, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Do you hear us? Are we oh, there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, and then we have Ryan who is actually from UNF just by himself here online. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ryan! <laughs> Yeah. No, I regret it already to acknowledge them. No kidding. <laughs> I don't. I don't. School spirit. Get after it. There you go. <laughs> so I hope, uh, guys, that you had some good conversations. Both me and we just realized this is a lot to just, I think, digest. I think in the last 10 minutes, we gave you a whole different, maybe for the first time, a new theology on sexuality. And that took me a couple of years actually to digest. So 
uh, just wanted to acknowledge that. And at the same time, also, yeah, we do, I think it's really good to uh, continue talking about this. And especially when it's very vulnerable to you, uh, certain areas in your life that you do that with where place people that you're safe with. Um, and so I just, yeah, I want to acknowledge the fact that this can raise up a lot of questions. Um, and that is, and it's, yeah, rightfully so. Um, I think what we wanted to uh, spend our second time on is a little bit more on this. Okay, so what does it mean then? What if sexuality is meant to give yourself away to others? Uh, and I think especially for a lot of you guys who are also single, including the two of us, mm -hmm. how do we live life then as single people where it's not about sexual fulfillment, but really about yeah, finding intimacy and how to engage that. And um, so, um, just maybe a first question to you, kind of like, so how has that journey been for you? Kind of like, uh, yeah, so like, what is, has this view on sexuality changed you being a single person? Or when you started dating relationships, how that, how's that, you know, like, can you share a little bit about that? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I think, um, man, I feel like there's a lot to say there, but, um, but I do feel like, the way it changes and influences specifically how I live is, I mean, one of them is probably in how you pursue intimacy with people. You know what I mean? So how do you pursue intimacy with God? How do you pursue intimacy with people? Because those are really even like what some of those longings are pointing toward. So, um, so the value, I mean, Lawrence, you have a whole could, I mean, would you share actually? Cause I'm like, you have actually a whole, like, like the, how many different kinds of intimacy oh, levels of that intimacy. you think of like when you think of engaging in intimacy with people yeah there's i mean i've heard you say it, it's emotional yeah intimacy. so yeah i think for me to me it's kind of like okay what is if sexuality is about connection is actually the deepest longing of my heart is to find intimacy i think the biggest question for me was then how does it look like as a celibate person, how do I pursue that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I discovered these five levels of intimacy. And the first level of intimacy is to me, like the spiritual intimacy, the fact that we can have spiritual conversations like this and talking about God. And I can even have that with a non-believer to talking about the meaning of life, that mm -hmm, kind of like mm -hmm. spiritual connection and intimacy, then emotional intimacy of like people that I can share my heart where I can be vulnerable with, where I can cry, they can see my anger. So there's emotional intimacy and then uh, social intimacy, really doing fun stuff together and feel connected through that. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be watching a movie, it could be watching or like eating together or for me cooking and that, that's like social intimacy. And then there's physical intimacy, just the need to be touched in. And that's not to confuse by the fifth level <laughs> of uh, sexual intimacy. And I, I, especially, I really has confused physical intimacy with sexual intimacy. And I thought the only way to also get physical intimacy is to have sex. And I think to make really that distinguished, then I'm like, no, I do need physical touch in a healthy way mm -hmm. and express that uh, also non-sexual. Non, non, uh, mm -hmm. non and I just discovered that pursuing those four, so if that's like, those four instead, I, and because the fifth one is not accessible to me, that really helped my uh, 
even my sexual, like my sexual temptation and struggles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because often of I've seen also with a lot of guys that I walked with and, and girls is that if they, if we don't pursue intimacy, that's where sexual temptation, pornography, masturbation comes because we're trying to fill that void. Mm -hmm. And instead of just focusing on not doing that particular behavior, mm -hmm. I started focusing on pursuing intimacy. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like, there's the greater thing. How do I pursue intimacy to avoid coming into this place where I have to just manage my behavior, which sometimes is just already too late because that void has become too big. Yeah, 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 it's great. I mean, I even think that's like the bigger picture of intimacy. I think there's so much hope yeah. surrounding that too, because it basically, I mean, if it's a if it's a deeper longing for intimacy then there are ways that are accessible right to experience intimacy which is huge yeah. um and i think and i think even just like honestly that's true even if like you get married and you have a bad sex life like for a while too you know what i mean like that there's different there is there's still intimacy between you and your spouse there's intimacy between you and your friends who you're still going to need when you're married, like there's like, I mean, we've talked before about what it, what does it look like even for married couples and single people to be or dating if you're like, you're all in college. So probably, you know, 99, 99 to 100% of you are not married. So, um, <laughs> so if you're like, but what does it look like for a dating couple to have relationships with people um, who are single because they they need you? you know and you need them like that there's pieces where you need more than just one person that you're with you need a fuller expression of the body of christ to be around and that's really i mean that's really beautiful and it's going to be true for the rest of your life yeah. regardless so how is that so, for you like how is that how has that influenced you as a single person in this life now yeah yeah i mean i think i have i have actually probably made a point of making sure that i have a little bit more diversity in my friendships with married people and single people but i also think that some of some of that too is like i mean i've chosen i've chosen to have a roommate just because i know that i appreciate being around somebody else and i think it's helpful for me for just like friendship and to have like to just choose to engage with people right and i even think um i mean i even think for i mean i don't want to like not talk about intimacy with Jesus. I just think sometimes, I mean, I think sometimes people can be like, oh, well, Jesus meets all your needs. So right. like, whatever, this doesn't matter. So we don't want to like do that either. We don't want to go to one side or the other with that. But like, but I think, but I also think my intimacy with Jesus is really important. So like there's even in my own life, I think, I think there's some things where it's like, I just reserve them for like me and the Lord. Hmm. Like nobody else really knows that I do that with Jesus. And it's more just like, it's more just like little small things that maybe you would find in your close friendships that you're like, oh, like this is kind of our thing. It's like something that we talk about sometimes or it's something that we do. And like, I feel like there's even like little things like that in my own relationship with God that are important to me that I like have some things that are special between us. Right. But I also think, I don't know Yeah, if that answers the question. But. No, yeah, I think, yeah. I think one of the things I realized also was, I think what Paul is talking about in one 
uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 7, where mm -hmm. he talks about we have the gift of marriage and you mm -hmm. have the gift of singleness. Um, and you have either one or the other. Mm -hmm. And I think it has been greatly misunderstood in, I think, in evangelical kind of like uh, circles that, oh, you have the gift of marriage and the gift of singleness. And I don't have the gift of singleness because I desire marriage. And so it's almost like as if it's kind of a gift of desire, but it's not what Paul's talking about. He's saying you have either one or the other. So you are either in a relationship or marriage, and that's the gift to you, or you have this gift of singleness or being being single, even if that's temporary, and that's a gift to you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us are like, but I, want, I don't want to see it as a gift, but it's one of the things I'm like, no, but if it's a gift to you, which also means everything that's being given to us is always meant to be a blessing to others in mm -hmm. the kingdom. Mm -hmm. So how is then my, I had to wrestle that, how is then my gift of singleness, of being single, a gift to others? Mm -hmm. That I'm not kind of like just despising it because I don't want it, but it's also embracing the gift that God has given to me in this particular place and time. And for me, that I think that's for mm -hmm. my lifetime, but for others that could be temporary, but still you need to learn how to embrace that in that particular time. Mm -hmm. And what I was learning in that is kind of like in that pursuit of intimacy, I do think that it's not good for me to be alone, but to give myself fully away. And then as a single person, I can also portray actually Ephesians 5, Jesus, mm -hmm. by not giving myself fully to one particular person like marriage but to a multitude of people, mm -hmm. uh, which mm -hmm. I've been doing in my life. So like, so like you cook meals for people, yeah? Like that's this, like, part this, of it. Like this, uh, this whole like cook chef thing. <laughs> that is part of it. I think, and that's part of like, I mean, I think that's what I do with my, my whole self. And I like, how do I give myself fully? And I, and I honestly, as a single person also for being single for so many years, I have the capacity also to do that in a very deep way. Mm -hmm. uh, I live with four guys right now and I give myself to them. Mm -hmm. And I have that capacity because I don't have that particular family with wife and all of that. And I think that's God's gift to me to be a gift to, yeah, to yeah, others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, I feel like talking about that trailer movie thing again, I think marriage is a trailer to the greater thing but i think singleness is also a trailer to the greater thing like mm -hmm. any movies have different trailers yeah how would you explain that more fully yeah i think you know if marriage if the ultimate goal of our sexuality the ultimate uh portrayal of marriage is even actually it's portraying christ and the church becoming one becoming one if that is where we're going to, if that's the end goal, then marriage is a picture of that. But I also believe that singleness is a picture of that, mm -hmm. can be a picture of that. But we just never have talked about that. Because of because of the way you give yourself to people. Is because of you, picture? yes. That's the picture. That's the picture. Okay. Because even marriage, when it's just self-centered and you're looking for your own fulfillment, mm -hmm. yeah, that's also not the picture of Christ in the mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, there it is. Because, <laughs> that's because, where when, to because go to. when either because when either becomes selfish it's not a picture of what god's doing that's kind of cool right. I, like it. I like it well yeah and i i sometimes have confronted my married friends too like we can talk a lot about singles uh like struggling with pornography and masturbation but i also then tell to my married friends like okay how many times you get aroused in the day and you use then your spouse as your own for your own gratification that's the same principle 
Mm-hmm. So suddenly, not all then all not all sex and marriage is then also just good and okay. Mm-hmm. We really need to think that through. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's really great. So, uh, can you talk a little bit more about? I think how do you see friendships as an older single now? Also, and like and that to me sometimes in American Christian culture is a lot about ooh, like don't get emotionally attached too much to the other gender and all of that. Like, how would you advise like intimacy and friendship in a healthy way with the other gender as yeah. a single person? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I got I got lots of thoughts on this. Yeah. So I think we're like, we're winding down our time before. You get two minutes before. because this is important for <laughs> yeah. us. But I do, I think that, um, I mean, I think that there's a lot of ways that we can do that really unhealthfully, but I also think there's a lot of ways we can do it really healthfully. So I think some of it is, I mean, honestly, I was actually just talking about this with somebody the other day about how sometimes it's like, if you feel like um, you're engaging with people and your heart is starting to like, just that there's some manner of personal accountability with us. Right where it's not like, we talk about accountability in Christian circles a lot. And what oftentimes I feel like what people mean is like, oh, you need to ask me about this. And sometimes I'm like, no, there's also this accountability within me and my relationship with God, where it's like, I know what's happening in my heart Mm -hmm. and I just need to take inventory every once in a while. And if I'm noticing noticing something's off, then maybe I need to bring that up. But I think there is such a plethora of ways to engage with people. I mean, like, it's not, it's not weird if you guys are like going to events together. I mean, there's not a lot of events happening during COVID <laughs> life. I'm not positive about how many events are happening in Florida though. Yeah, Florida. I've heard rumors about you guys, <laughs> but I do feel like, but I do feel like there's like, there's, there's definitely like, even when you talk about like the social aspect of like, what does it look like to even it's, it's the fall right now. It's October. Like you guys, you guys could go to a pumpkin patch. That's safe. That's COVID safe. Even. You go outside, you wear masks and you get pumpkins. Anyways, I don't know. Like, I just, I, that's super, this is super basic what I'm saying. Yeah. Because, I feel, <laughs> because I feel like you have really, you have some deep friendship with, yeah. with both married men yeah, mm-hmm. and also single men, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like what I see, especially is like, how do we do that honorably Mm-hmm. But also not just avoid that just because we're fearful of like that it can go wrong. Yeah. And I know yeah. there's bad examples of that. Yeah. And there's probably some, there's probably some like maturity that just comes with figuring that out. Like you, like most of you guys are like 18 to 22. So like you don't have that figured out yet. And when you notice, like, like when you're hanging out with people and you notice something's like off in your heart, like you're, you know, talk about it. Yeah. You, you, t- you, you learn to talk about it. And you learn to say things like, hey, I need to bring this up because I feel like I'm crossing an emotional line here with you. Or you learn to say, I mean, obviously, if it's like my married guy friends, I learned we learned to back off of that. Like I like I know that I have appropriate boundaries with different people. And there are places where I feel like it's appropriate for somebody's wife to be involved. And there are places where I feel like it's appropriate for just a friend to be. And I feel like there's a lot of places that it's appropriate for a friend to be, so that's okay. But there's also a reality that like, I wanna honor and respect yeah. people's marriages too. I yeah. wanna honor and respect people's dating relationships, so. There's a lot more to say about these things, but we, uh, we're running out of time. We want you go, guys go back to your breakout rooms. We have a couple of questions here again for you. Um, 
So what has God been speaking to you already maybe in this second session? Uh, how can you, in what, or, or what do you, where do you seek fulfillment in? Like in sexuality, relationships, and dating relationships, and in intimacy. And how can you use then the gift that you have been given, single or in a relationship for others? And how can you grow in intimacy and friendship? Yeah. So um, wanted to give that to you guys for the last couple of minutes to we discuss. Don't, we, don't, we don't get the floor again, right? We we're don't done, get the floor done. again. We're, we're done after this. So, But I will also say, Lawrence mentioned earlier about sharing with people in your life about things that are going on. I do think that there's something really valuable about being able to bring some things into the light that when we talk on a topic like this, this might bring some stuff up for you guys. So whether that is talking with people um, in your Bible studies or whatever, or even your staff people, like I, like just, I mean, be, be um, encouraged probably that there's probably nothing that you're gonna share with your staff people that they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said that. So, so I would just encourage you guys even just to be vulnerable with the appropriate people. You don't have to broadcast it to 95 people, but but to share with one or two trusted people and maybe one of your staff people if you need that. So, yeah. but All right. we wish we could be there to talk with you in person, but we're not. So we leave you with these people who the navigators have given you at the University of Central Florida and the University of North Florida. Yeah. And it was a pleasure to be with you guys and knowing that this is a lot, but I hope your next conversation uh, will be good too.